Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Infinite, a movie released this year, starring Mark Wahlberg, directed by Anthony Fuqua. Yeah, yeah I'm, sums up my feelings. Uh, my brothers call him Anton Fuqua. Oh, well, okay. I guess we'll call him that instead. Uh, thank you, Alex, so much for uh, this. Falling on this grenade? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> then you then telling us, no, guys, one. really, you should check out how great this grenade is. <laughs> Damn, this is some good-ass shit. Uh, before we get into this film. Parker, do we have any news? <laughs> oh no, what happened? Where to start? Hey Chris, uh, have you ever seen Ted? <laughs> Answer no, I have not seen Ted. Or Ted 2? Interesting. I have not seen Ted 2. You also haven't seen the new Ted series coming to Peacock. Aren't you excited? Yeah. Hey, you know who's Look, probably not going to be in that series? Mark Wahlberg, because he's busy making movies like Infinite. I'm out. So, uh, do you want to see just a full series based around a bear that says cuss words, voiced by Seth MacFarlane? You want to watch that? That sounds about as good as the Orville. Check. Uh, I mean, yeah, totally. Seen that. All of it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe the talking bear knows more about us. <laughs> Shake that bear. <laughs> Alright, well if that doesn't do anything for you, maybe you'll like the bright anime prequel in which <laughs> Izzo, Oronin, and Raiden, and Orc work together to bring a young elf girl and the wand she carries to the land of elves in the north. Does that excite you? Yeah. Aren't you happy that COVID's over and we're back to making movies again? I... This is real? This isn't just, like, a rumor? Oh, it's real. Buddy, it was a part of Hashtag Geeked Week. The worst thing I've ever what seen in my life. What the is Geek Week? I, I, thought I do not joke. know, and I, I do not want to know, because I have now officially declared that I am a normie and refuse <laughs> to follow anything nerd culture related, because these people have taken all joy from my life. You I can can't have do it. nothing. Everything you love will be brigaded by soy people. It's the worst. I hate them so much. I'm, honestly, I'm the same. Well, I've always been that way, but still. <laughs> like, we were talking earlier about the fucking Twitter backlash in the Heights, and I was like, actually, these people are stupid for this reason and this reason, and I was like, why am I defending him? I don't even like him. I just hate them this much. Well, here's the thing about the In the Heights movie. You notice everyone's talking about everything except for if the movie is good. Because you don't want to talk about if that movie is good. I have missed all the discourse, and I plan to keep it that way. Racist. Anyway, what other news do we have? 
Hey, you know there's a hundred Stephen King movies and almost all of them suck ass? Well... Hey, what if we just remade one of the good ones instead? Okay, yeah, what, what's ever... Okay, there's so many ones that could use, like, an actual good edition, but hey, fuck John Carpenter, let's remake Christine. Why not? Why That's not remake not one of the necessary. movies that sucked ass? Fucking... Okay. You excited? I like Christine. <laughs> yes, like, but out of... What is it? Probably a hundred books now? Like, so many of them have shitty versions. Like, you could take any of those and be like... We'll take another crack at it. We know what we're doing now. No, just take one of the ten good ones and no, redo it for Parker, no reason. There have been so many good Stephen King remakes. Carrie, The Shining, Cujo. Yeah, I've Pet definitely Cemetery. seen both versions of The Shining, so that's fine that you say that. <laughs> it's totally okay. Only takes two. Correct. Is that a grenade you want to jump on, Alex? <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, I thought so. <laughs> Well, if you're not having enough fun on Netflix, Army of the Dead was so successful that Zack Snyder's back with a new project, Twilight of the Gods, an animated series about Norse mythology. How many guns will it take to your head to make you watch that, Chris? I don't watch TV, so you have to Let use Let me answer Dragon for Ball. you. <laughs> it's zero. <laughs> Is the answer two? Because that's all it takes. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And of course, who can forget everyone's favorite upcoming project? Last but least, what if Velma didn't have a dog? <laughs> what if we just watched <laughs> the Velma origin story with no Scooby-Doo? Wouldn't Dude, that be I'm fun? I'm so happy for Garfield without Garfield the movie. <laughs> <laughs> do they solve mysteries? No. Is there a dog? No. What do they do? I don't know. She's like different. She gets bullied for being a nerd. Great. Why do they episodes, keep making Scooby-Doo shit? No one likes Scooby-Doo! I don't understand. It's been around for what feels like a thousand years, and no one from any generation likes it. It's like fucking Archie. No one likes Archie. I didn't know Archie was a real thing until like five years ago. I just thought it was a fucking Mad Magazine joke. I didn't think that was a real comic. That My grandmother was with. really old, so... <laughs> no one knows how hard it is to be a nerd. Hashtag Geek Tweak. It's the fucking worst. I, I cast it all aside. I'm just gonna be a normie. Do you, do you think Geek you think Week? Kevin is Smith like, cried when he saw that trailer. No. Yes. Do you think Geek 100%. Week is like? Yo, you guys remember the Disney version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Remember the Festival of Fools would crown like the king fool? <laughs> okay. Do you think Geek Week is like the king that wacky guy? <laughs> just the close up of Kevin Smith's big red bloodshot eyes. <laughs> Those ghoulish pictures he takes when he watches some Star Wars trailer. He always does that. He, gotta, he, his favorite picture stop. is him going... <laughs> like, how do you outdo his other tweet into being the most embarrassing thing he's ever done? You know, I gotta say, I think it's a pretty necessary rebrand when the entire rest of your career has been making Kevin Smith movies. That's a good point, yes. I think I'd rather be the Marvel Reply guy than the old Kevin Smith. I that's honestly weird. that's so much better because like uh Parker I think you were the one who mentioned like when he was sitting down talking about the time he met Prince um the time he worked with Bruce Willis that's some interesting stuff when the guy just talks he's pretty interesting when he makes movies they suck so it's like hey what do you do for a living oh people pay to just like watch me talk about the Batman cartoon I watched yesterday that's a pretty good gig yeah Lord knows we're trying to make that happen. <laughs> 
squirrels there. <laughs> Blue Chew. Sponsor us. So, yeah, thank you. That's great news. There's nothing else, right? Oh, no. Plenty of movies on the horizon. We're getting... <laughs> everything's gearing back up. Hollywood is back, baby. And it's all things that you grew up watching and didn't like then either. <laughs> Choo choo. Yeah. All right, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'm going to go first. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say fastest finger between you two for the Batman thing. Yeah, I was. Thank you. I want to do it. Okay, so. I want to have it. <laughs> that's, a, that's why I didn't bring it up earlier. There's, <laughs> a, <laughs> uh, there's a Harley Quinn animated series. Parker yeah. assigned me the first three episodes of it. Thank you so much. Uh, it was really, really lame. Anyway, apparently they're on was a second, third season already, something like that. So someone's watching this somewhere. I'm and not answering that. The makers of the show wanted a scene where Batman performs Cunnilingus on Catwoman, and they were like, "Okay, we have to run it by the DC executives because they control the property." And DC said no. And they were like, well, why not? He has to go south with the mouth. And they were like, no. Because of his heroes. Their explanation was seriously. He can't talk right. No, their explanation was heroes don't do that. Uh, which is an excuse I'm going to use from now on. So my jerk of the week is everyone who's ever gone down on a woman. That's right. My you jerk of the week is Batman for stealing my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's another anecdote. Uh, apparently, Neil Gaiman was writing uh, a story in the DC universe. I, I don't know if this is anecdotal or uh, or if this is apocryphal, but it could be. Uh, and he wanted to include a reference to masturbation. And DC said, no, there is no masturbation in the DC universe. He said, that explains a lot. So Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Strong disagree. Harley Quinn exists, therefore. Yeah, good point. He just, yeah. You can't say there's no one. masturbation in the DC universe while Zack Snyder's got a Wikipedia page. Exactly. <laughs> Half these characters were fucking drawn one-handed. Get out of my face. Garbage. Alex, right, would you well, like to go? Yeah, sure. My jerk of the week is Chuck Schumer for for going on a podcast and saying retard and then apologizing for it and it not being this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Come on, we'll talk about whatever you want. <laughs> Mr. Senator, you never have to apologize on this show. <laughs> Speaking of that word, have you watched I Am Sam, Alex? Don't worry, I won't assign it to you. It's not really worth assigning. I feel like I have, but I'm not a thousand percent sure. Uh, okay, so continue. I watched I Am Sam when I was in AP Psychology, which tells you a lot about AP classes. And, dude, you have to rewatch this trailer. Physical challenge. Rewatch that trailer and don't laugh out loud. It's really fucking hard. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> you can't just put that in front of me. Correct. <laughs> uh, Parker, you got a jerk of the week? So we all go out, a big old group of us, we get margaritas, and we're just pounding them, right? We do what anyone would do. It's time to go, let's all get some to go. We come home. I put my margarita in the fridge. I go to the bathroom. I come back. It's gone. No one fesses up to it the rest of the night. Every single one of them is dead to me. I will outlive all of them to be at their funerals. This is fucking garbage. Just I've revving up a motorcycle in the so background. In my own house. 
they drank my margarita <laughs> while I was pissing. Unforgivable. Oh. Carry this the rest of my life. You gotta Alex, move. How's the trailer going? <laughs> if that if that were me, I quite literally would have just thrown everybody out and been like, "All right, we're going to bed. Good night." I was so close to. I just sat there stewing for like two hours while everyone else was getting drunker, and then we convinced someone who was sober enough to drive to go get Trulies, and I just chucked like three of those like a big boy. I was I was gonna say it was like, and then someone was like, "Hey, let's play Mario Party," and Parker just picked up his gun. <laughs> We chose Mario Kart because I will be goddamned if I suffer another indignity in my own house. Okay. Well, that was fun. Let's talk about what we watched no. recently. Tell you what, I'm going to talk about two of these more or less at the same time. Last week, I watched Saw 1 in preparation for that one scene in Saw 4. And uh, Saw 1 was really bad, but, you know, you just kind of... You just kind of see it coming. I decided before I watch Saw 2, I'm going to watch a different horror movie sequel. This one's called Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Hellraiser 2, I was actually pleasantly surprised. What it does is it's so different from everything else that was coming out at the time. At this point, it, it came out in 1988. I think by this point you're on like your fifth Halloween. I think you're on your seventh Friday the 13th. And I think you're on your fourth Nightmare on Elm Street. So, and I, I know this one's a sequel, but all those movies are basically doing the same thing. There's an evil killer slasher. He's going around. He's trying to kill everyone. Luckily, Hellraiser will never do that. Instead, this movie takes place halfway in hell and halfway in like a mental institution. And it's so creative in its visuals. There's so many different things that they're trying to do. Uh, the makeup is really, really good. And there's so much intrigue. There's so much like, who are these people? How did they become this way? And they tell me at the end. It's But it's really subtle. They don't explain this, 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 and this happened in order for this to happen. But you see like who these Cenobites used to be. Dude, that's exactly what I want, okay? I I feel kind of like a third grader watching this because I'm just so curious about how these things ended up this way. And I don't know if it's the most important thing for the plot, but they end up showing it in a really brief scene. I'm like, that is, like, that's enough to satiate my curiosity. And I really liked it. Uh, Is it a good movie? No. There are so many different scenes where... There was something about the way that it was written. I, th- I think they, were, they had like a troubled production history or something. So it's not the most comprehensible movie. But it's okay, though, because... Like, <laughs> it never stops this podcast. <laughs> correct. Like, I'm going to make excuses for it because like I'm so interested in what's going to happen. And the other thing is, compared to all the Italian horror movies I've seen, this movie makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's very interesting because you look at like... Uh... Day of the Dead, the Romero movie, where he has this huge idea, and they give him all the money. He goes, "All right, cool, it's going to be unrated." And they go, "All right, well, here's like a tenth of that." And he looks and he goes, "All right, all in a bunker, got it. Rewrite everything." Mm-hmm. And when here he has all these insane ideas with these labyrinths and hell and all this, and they're like, "All right, here's your budget." It's like, "Okay, we'll do it. We'll make it happen somehow." And uh, he sort of does. Yeah, so it's not as comprehensible as the first one, but I'd argue it's better. I'd argue it's a little bit better. Uh, I had a better time with it. I don't know that I'm ever going to rewatch it, but I don't know. I don't don't dislike it. I I think that there is some merit to Hellraiser 2. Can you imagine me saying this three years ago? 
Now, I can't imagine you saying a lot of things three years ago that I've yeah. tricked you into doing. Yes. Well, I'd like to contrast this with Saw 2. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, for the longest time, I had avoided watching the Saw series because I really dislike torture porn. I don't like the idea that you're caught in this impossible situation. You just have to watch someone get their like knees grinded up and shit like that. I will admit the Saw 2 poster is uh, pretty intimidating. It's got like the two fingers sticking up for like the Roman numeral 2. And like the nails are all like fucked up. I'm like, oh, that's got to hurt. What if there's nail trauma in this movie? I'll turn it off. There is nothing like that. They just kind of put it up there for some reason. Um, well, this this movie was a good introduction to Infinite. It has our good friend Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I believe our the, central character. <laughs> I believe this was fresh off the success of Dreamcatcher. So, oh, you yeah. know, he's at the top of his game. Hey, man, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, let me see if I can remember what happens in this fucking movie. It's really not a whole lot different from... Oh, I'll tell you exactly one. what happens. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg just gets in a fight with an old cancer patient while his kid's trapped. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, Donnie Wahlberg has a fail son that he doesn't like, and... His fail son gets trapped in a room with some other people. It sucks that that runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> and Donnie Wahlberg catches Jigsaw. He's just like right there. It turns out Jigsaw is dying of cancer. That's always All fun right, to see. All right, movie over. Movie. Awesome. Yeah, you'd think so. But he's like, oh, if you want to free your son, then you have to play a game. And he's just like, or I could put a bullet in your skull, but you won't free your son. I don't like him anyway. The movie should be over, but he's like, oh, I guess I actually do like my son. This is one of the problems. Two birds. Sick. Yeah. See, this is like one of the problems with the Saw movies is that the stated philosophy of Jigsaw is, and this is stupid, but it's not really the point, is that people don't appreciate their life enough. I'm going to put them in these terrible torture devices uh, to make them appreciate life. And you may be saying to yourself, that's stupid, but it is every single person who's in there fights for their life. (laughs) But every every single one of these traps is like, it's not even like, uh, let's see if you actually appreciate your life. Like, would you rather, like, like the one everyone knows is, would you rather, like, cut off your leg or foot uh, or or die? You know, it's like, would you choose your foot or your life? Everyone chooses their life. The guy ends up, like, cutting off his own foot so he can get out of the trap. Everyone would do that. But most of the traps are like, <laughs> find these secret numbers. Every single trap is like that Penny Arcade comic. I have twelve matchstick. Like every single one is like, oh, I find my hidden numbers. Like it's a mini game from the Batman Arkham Asylum series. It's so fucking. Well, speaking dumb. of, what? Imagine the trap that Batman would be put in. <laughs> Wait, actually, I have something for that. Okay, give me a second. Okay, I wouldn't know. Mr. Wayne, in front of you. You see three pussies. If you want to escape, they're hosting a podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) If you want to escape this trap, you must find the key hidden within their vaults. Okay, so I guess I'm stuck here forever. I guess I'm dead. (laughs) Have you seen the airbags in those things? (laughs) Okay. Well. (laughs) Anyway. Uh. Where was I going with this? Anyway, oh yeah, so in Saw 2, like, he tries to solve some things. Also, yeah, another one where, the, like, the uh, the answer to the to the riddle or whatever, how to escape from it, is in the first room. Everyone in the movie is extremely stupid. 
Like, they put themselves into really, really stupid traps. There's one where, like, a girl has to reach up into, like, this glass box, right? And there are, like, these blades around her wrists. And if she, like, reaches up, it'll, like, cut her wrists. And then, like, oh, that'll hurt or something. So she, she can't get the key or something. But, like, there's a padlock on the thing. And there's a key on top of it. And she just runs right in. She doesn't even try the key. I read the trivia. They were just like, yeah, we did that on purpose to show that she was stupid. Well, I don't, I don't care if she lives now. <laughs> That'll show her. The other one is like, there's I love this. my stupid protagonist that sucks ass. One of the things about this is like, I, I realized Saw 2 also remarkably tame. This didn't, like, this didn't come close to, like, triggering me or anything. I was just like, that's not even that bad. The one I was a little bit worried about is I heard that there was a needle pit. I'm like, oh, no. What are we going to do? This is going to be a like audition. This is, like, a small, very, very small pit. And it's just got a whole bunch of, like, used needles in there. And she falls in. And it just looks so fake. I'm just like, well, I don't even care. Uh... Anyway. Hey, Chris, uh, normies weren't watching Inside and Martyrs, so this is very upsetting for them. It's all baby shit. Well, okay, well, Alex, I know how tempted you are to watch this, so, but uh, yeah, you should he, avoid he, this. He caught me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, know. Once, I, uh, once I decide to get past six movies on the list, you know, this might be number seven. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the stunning twist of Saw 2. If you haven't seen it, listen anyway, because it's not worth uh, One of the girls who was trapped in there, who was actually one of the victims of the first movie they brought her back, <laughs> is actually, she was in on the joke the entire time, and she's actually become one of his apostles, I guess, and she's working for Jigsaw now, and she's putting people in these horrible traps and everything, and she's like uh, Jigsaw number two, Jigsaw Jr., and uh, the movie ends, and I don't care. So the reason I'm contrasting this with Hellraiser 2 is Hellraiser is trying to do something new, something different, something original, and Saw 2 just, is just running over the same old ground. It, it does nothing useful. It doesn't tr even try to scare people. It's almost, it's almost insulting, I guess, because it, it just... But then, you know, it's not really that insulting because it just reflects what the audience is going for. People all went to go see Saw 3. Hey, Chris, can you tell these all came out yearly? Yes. Can you tell? Can you tell us a quick turnaround? So uh, in Saw money. 3... Yeah. Okay, get that script going, let's go. Yeah. Gotta get this shit out by October. Yeah, so in Saw 3, uh, Donnie Wahlberg is in there, again. Uh, <laughs> Donnie is uh, trying to escape from wherever he is. Um... Oh, he's locked in a room or something. And... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jigsaw is still dying of cancer. He's, like, actually, like, on a gurney or something. He's got, like, a life support sort of thing hooked up to him. And he and Amanda, his subordinate, kidnap a doctor. And they're like, you have to uh, keep him alive. Otherwise, your head will explode because we gave you a magic necklace. <laughs> Yeah, learn to appreciate life, man. Exactly. <laughs> Keep him it's alive. I think it's like movie six and cops would be like, you know, he actually doesn't technically kill anyone. He gives him a chance. That's to so stupid. Like, That's not true, I'm by not the way. Stupid. That's not the way the law he's, works. He's killed like 45 people. Yeah. Actually, uh, he, he's not even an actual serial killer. He gives him a chance. Pardon me. Yeah, you know. Hot these here you, you know, if you, if, you, uh, if you do that to cops, they actually can't do anything about it. <laughs> okay. So, he's he's lying there on the gurney, and 
<laughs> He'll laugh at that when he edits this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to be ready to edit that. <clears throat> so he's lying there in the hospital, Gurney, and Amanda's like, you have to solve his brain cancer. And she's like, wait, he's got brain cancer? He needs to go to a hospital. I, I can't his, do all this by myself. tumor is a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. <laughs> it's the pleasure cube from Hellraiser. That's what you have to solve. Actually, and, uh, Batman cannot give her brain cancer. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> and uh, so he's uh, like, no, you have to find a way to solve. And she's like, okay, tell you what I'll do. I'll cut out part of your skull so that your brain can breathe a bit easier. They actually do this at one point. That's actually the goriest thing that they do in any of the movies. But it's not even that disturbing because it just looks like one of those like medical documentaries that you see every once in a while. Those things are like, you see a whole lot of blood and, and viscera and everything, but it's it's also clinical that you don't really care, you know? Uh, this is one of the things that the MPA never actually cut. They just left it all intact and people are like, oh man, you actually see like Jigsaw's brain gets cut up. But it's like, yeah, but he just got anesthesia. He's just sort of like lying there, you know? It's kind of like in comedy. So, like, if there's no suffering in comedy, then there's really no laughs. Like, if if Curly from the Three Stooges gets hit and he has no reaction, then it's not funny. So, if he's getting his brain cut out, he's just sort of laying there, like, and you hear that beep, beep, beep in the background. It's not really that scary. He's just like, oh, someone's doing an operation on my brain to make me live longer. Okay. This also has a uh, fan favorite Jeff. Let's talk about Jeff. Jeff is uh, another victim here. Jeff is um, he Jeff he lost his son. The little jigsaw puppet. N- <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> you're gonna end up watching this, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, so no. Jeff is. Uh, I might I don't have hate that- myself this much. One second. You say that now, but I have a feeling I have something that will convince you to play my game, Alex. No, Mister Jigsaw, you just kill me. It's fine. I'm good. That's, I'm good with that. Like, if no, I woke you up, to, no, you have to play the game the right way. No cheating. If I woke up with that bear trap on my head, I'm just like 45 seconds. Cool. I'll sit patiently. Yeah. I'm out. You find a way to speed it up, and he's just like, no, no. Anyway, so the uh, keys inside <laughs> your chest. Uh, keep it there. <laughs> Goodbye. Just start like twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> there was a scene way. in Rocket Power where. Never mind. That's not relevant. So. <laughs> Fishing fingers or food. So, I will say Saw 3 is actually where it does start to get pretty gory. Jeff has to go through various traps where there are other people. I don't even remember how they're related. I'm seriously starting to like lose interest in the narrative here. And one woman is sort of like, she's being sprayed with, is it liquid nitrogen or something, Parker? You've seen this, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. It's like it's really cold and... I don't know, it just wasn't really that scary because her titties are out the entire time. I'm thinking about something else. So she freezes, he gets the key, goes to the next room, and then there's like pigs being ground up. I'm like, well, that's not really that scary anyway. Also, he saves that guy. It gets really gory when there's this guy and he's hooked up to like this rack. It's like turning his limbs all over the place and they're like cracking and bleeding and stuff like that in his head too. But they keep cutting away from it. The other thing is, pretend this is the camera, they keep filming it like this. They they love doing this. and That's scary. No, here's the thing, though. I We've watched a lot of movies for this podcast that would... They came out around this time, like early 2000s, and be like, oh, remember this garbage movie from early 2000s? They didn't all film like this, and I don't know why they do this. And 
I think it was just a thing that a lot of movies were doing back then and no one knew enough to say, hey, that sucks. I can't tell what's going on when you do that. So it's significantly less scary. Honestly, Alex, I, I know that the real reason that you don't watch the Saw movies is because you know they suck and there's no real reason to watch them. But for anyone who's listening, it's just like, oh, the Saw movies are too gory or too tortury for me. Really, they're, they're actually remarkably tame. There's nothing there that would scare you. They're, they're just... Yeah, man. Don't be a pussy. Waste eight hours of your life watching these. <laughs> uh, it wasn't... Yeah, it was wasted. But, like, <laughs> this... Also, this movie, the speaking of, Parker, an hour 54? Really? I'm only you responsible. <laughs> I didn't make it. Yeah, you did. Dude, you want to play my game? <laughs> no. I, uh, I, I was really scared by the scene where uh, Jeff gets locked in the room with that computer and he has to tweet within three seconds of the Cheeto Man or his head gets cut off. <laughs> that's a good point. That's, that's good. That's the last time anyone's ever going to mention that guy. <laughs> I hope he's doing well. Uh, he's not. Anyway, uh, Jigsaw actually ends up dying because Jeff has to set aside his need for vengeance to avenge his dead son and he's like no i'm just gonna kill uh jigsaw he ends up dying in the process too i don't know some stupid it's like the only thing that actually comes a little bit close to sort of representing um, an ethical decision is like do you care more about revenge or do you care about you know living or your wife's life or something like that and he decides he opts for revenge there i I, I don't know, that's like the only, everything else is just like, no, I don't want to die, get me out of this bear trap on my head. It was, and he's like, well, 6 times 7 is 42, however, in base 8, and you have to do all this other number shit, it's really dumb. Uh, so yeah, Jigsaw's dead. There's no more of these movies, so uh, I stopped <laughs> watching Saw, we're good. I moved on to Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Oh, fuck, you did, huh? Yeah, Man, I that did. sucks ass. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Hellraiser 3. Might be one of the steepest drops in quality I've ever seen. So you may have remembered earlier where I said that Pinhead, the lead Cenobite, would never become like one of those earth-stalking, uh, knife-wielding slashers. He would never do that. He's not bent on killing all the people. Well, I'm also going to hell for lying, because that's exactly <laughs> what he does in this movie. <laughs> this movie is very cla- Wait, what's that? Oh, those movies made money? All right. Hey, Clive, you want to write this? No? All right, fuck yourself. This is ours forever now. Well, it still has. It still begins with Clive Barker Presents, so his he's, name is still attached to it. He's getting that producer credit. Well, executive producer at this that point. check any way you can. That created by credit, which has significant length, as it turns out. Oh, well, City Kiri Credit. Uh, Jericho, turns out. Anyway. Wrestler? <laughs> I'm going to make you play Clive Barker's Clive Barker's Jericho no, by Clive monster. Barker. No, the monster. it's good to bring that one back. Anyway, yeah. Hellraiser 3, <laughs> Hell on Earth, featuring no one of consequence. Um, this this is well noted for having a, a sex scene where the lead actress did not want to dump him out, so they fixed it by just having the guy place both hands on her titties the entire time that he's fake fucking her. So that's nice. what kind of movie we're dealing with here. Uh, we find out more and more about Pinhead. Now, I may have mentioned in the, the last movie that I was kind of curious how the Cenobites became what they are. Not this curious. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, no, you weren't. I promise yeah. you. Because <laughs> they go into way too much. I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care. Uh, 
my memory with this movie was going to Wikipedia after and seeing box office and going, no fucking way, this was in a theater? Impossible. <laughs> it looks it looks so fucking cheap. It's dude, this incredible. came out the same year as Army of Darkness. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. This is the most blockbuster-ass movie I've ever seen. And it right. gets so much worse, dude. This is like one of those movies that... I have to admit, though, aren't the Hellraiser movies, like, technically gorier than the Saw movies? There's a lot more blood, and there's yeah, a lot more, absolutely. like... absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There's gotta be. And, like, you'd see, like, people walking around with no skin on, which they seem certainly fine with. I think that would hurt a little bit, but they're just okay with it. Uh, well, you I, see, they've always... They've already accepted their desire to live, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, they made yeah. a choice. Yeah, Hellraiser. You didn't think about that. You didn't think about the, uh, you know, the metaphysical. No, look, Alex, these are not movies that make you think. <laughs> so, Hell- you don't say. Yeah. Hellraiser 3 is, like Parker said, really, really bad. I would venture so far as it's embarrassing. I was a little embarrassed as I was supposed to like, oh, what the? Should I really be watching movies from the list? Yes. So. No. <laughs> I've been telling you this for like three years. Yeah, look, I understand your gamesmanship, young man. I am absolutely going to beat you. I'm going to watch more movies on this wretched bad movie list than you will. You haven't watched a movie you've liked in like six months. Please take care of yourself. Hellraiser 2 was okay. <laughs> so, Hellraiser 3 is fucking stupid. There was a part where they like go to a church and like the pinhead guy is like destroying stuff. It was just like so embarrassing. Embarrassing. Couldn't even tell what they were trying to do. So uh, that was awful, but not as awful as Saw 4. Now, Saw 4 was so... Like, the blood spatter there is really fake. Like, really, really fake. It looked ridiculous. I was like, what are you guys even doing? Is there even, like, a gory kill? I don't even remember. I actually have to admit, like, Saw 4 just lost my attention, which is good because it's not even on the list. And you may be thinking, wait, why did you watch (laughs) this? Alex... I'm not saying this will get you to watch the entire Saw series, but it may start to explain... I'm also saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But this may start to explain why I watched any of these in the first place. I'm sending you a tweet right now. This... I have a couple guesses. You already already know what this is. I watched this. It's only six seconds long, dude. I laughed so fucking hard I had to see it. You did this to yourself. I'm watching it again. <laughs> that is... That's good work right there. See? That's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a right idea to watch all these movies just for that one scene, but I put it on just like miserable. I watched all the Saw movies and Hellraiser 3. What was it? And then I saw that and I was just like, okay, now I'm having a good time again. <laughs> It's so stupid. Thinking about that person getting thrown into walls, like just have to lay there like this. Sound. Don't make a fucking sound. Oh, your leg twitch. We have to even crawl. Don't even crawl. You just fucking sit there while they give police procedural drama. Yeah, well, Saw Four is also completely incomprehensible. But uh, now Jigsaw's dead for sure. Yeah, you'll never see him again. Yeah. Well, last one coming up here. I know it seems, oh, all Chris does is watch bad movies and also movies from the list, but I repeat myself. But, hey, every once in a while watch a good movie. And I finally sat down and I watched Hard Boiled. Boy. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Talk about a nice. real movie, man. That was so encouraging. Hard Boiled fucking rules, dude. Talk about a guy who What's knew he was doing John Wu. 
What's it like to watch a movie like Hard Boiled and then watch Infinite? <laughs> <laughs> I really did watch them like back to back. You know, I actually I paused uh, Hard Boiled because like oh, I'm not gonna have time by one o'clock. I'm gonna have to you know. Okay, I'll finish this afterwards. Then he said, "Oh, it'll take me a while. My dog goes to poop, so I finished Hard Boiled in that time." I was like, "Oh, thank goodness," because that hospital scene is so fucking cool. Yeah, turns out uh, real movies are pretty cool. It's, a shame it's also nice to have more. a director like John Woo who doesn't believe in like film language or film theory. He just shoots what he wants to do. And he makes <laughs> a movie better than Federico, Federico Felitti has ever made. Correct. That's absolutely correct. And also Michelangelo Antonioni. You just wanted to shoehorn that in. I fucking hate that guy. That dude is such an overrated director. Anyway. Yeah, I've always said that. Yeah. I'm going to make you watch some of his movies. Alex, what did you watch? No. Alright, what have we got here? Uh, so at the behest of both of you guys, I watched uh, Night of the Creeps. Yes! Which is a movie that I mostly enjoyed. However, both of you neglected to mention the impossibly stupid naming scheme of the characters, which almost took me out of the movie completely. What was the naming scheme? I forgot. They're just all horror directors. Like, every uh, single character is a horror director. Okay. Well, I, I fucking hate hated it. I hated I hate it that shit, dude. so <laughs> much, dude. It, yes. it, it did stand out a little bit now that I remember, but, like... I... Oh, no. Like, I, I watched this, like, a week ago, and this is, like, my lasting memory of the movie. It's like, man, that's the one with the names. I'm gonna remember that. Oh, come like, on. There's so much more to it. <laughs> dude, yeah, but, like, like, it's not like I didn't enjoy it in the moment, but... That's what stuck with me because I, think, I hated it so much. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna necessarily defend it, but it almost, it almost adds to the charm because it's like that's the sort of thing that people would do back then. Yeah, that's the thing that sweaty horror virgins would do, and I'm not one of those people. Well, so. I'm not saying that we have to. I am, but and so is Parker. I, but yes, like, I know both of you are. But like, I think of it more as like the director is a sweaty horror virgin and be like, hey, you know, make your sweaty horror virgin movie. Yeah, but see, I'm not capable of just thinking of, like, oh, the director did this thing, and people just went, huh, that's neat. I just imagine the horror fans in the midnight show. just soy facing going, oh, I know who that is! I know who that is! <laughs> like, I can't, man. I, I can't. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is actually normal. <laughs> I didn't yell anything, I just clapped politely. Oh, I like John Carpenter, actually. Man, speaking of <laughs> clapping... Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this at this point, but I, I was at the theater earlier, and I got one of the, the like, I got, like, the fucking, like, next year of Marvel trailer, where they use actual footage from people clapping at the people coming out of the portals. And, <laughs> no uh, way! It, <laughs> dude, no I, way! I was ready to leave. I was like, I don't want to see a movie anymore. Like, oh, that owns... Like, the fucking nerve to be like, yeah, it's good that the people clapped and we're going to show it to you. Like, no. That encourages no. more clapping, by the way. America claps will outlive you. <laughs> it's fucking dire. <laughs> it's... I just, like, I don't think I've ever been less excited to see something that I'm probably going to be forced to see for cultural osmosis reasons. Like, Folks, yeah. just remember... Always gatekeep your hobbies. Yes. Yes. Always Don't let anybody in. Like it. Yeah. Everyone who told you not to was wrong. If someone says they like it, quiz them immediately. Make them not want to engage with you about it. <laughs> it's the worst. I. It, it's genuinely depressing. Like, 
at least the sweaty horror nerds have a hobby that's so stupid that no one will ever try to take from them. Exactly. Yeah, who it's would ever want to try to get in on that thing? I don't have to worry about normies telling me to my face how much they love the thing I love. They just leave me alone. Right. Unless it's like fucking Annabelle. God. <laughs> There's no winning. Oh, you like horror movies? Oh, I am a big fan of. Right, what else did Ugh, I watch? It's not great. So I, uh, <laughs> I watched a movie called Angel Heart. Are, are either oh, of you familiar with Angel Heart? No, please tell me it. this is an anime from the list. Very, it I'm is very familiar with what it is. What is Angel Heart? <laughs> So Angel Heart is a movie that came out in 1987 that stars Mickey Rourke when he still looked like a person as a, a uh, fast-talking 50s detective from Brooklyn named no. Harry Angel. I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in. You see, he get, he uh, he gets called into a uh, into a meeting for a job one day by uh, one Robert De Niro, whose character name is... Lou Cipher. <laughs> Dude, I have to see this. <laughs> and, and, like, you could tell that the only reason they made the character this, like, fucking dickhead from Brooklyn is because he can't say Cipher properly to try to, pres like, preserve the mystique. Like, anybody hears those words doesn't go, oh, he's the devil. Okay, got it, cool. I have a fucking brain. Anyway, uh, he's investigating this. He's looking for this guy named uh, Johnny Favorite, and he goes down to the bayou in New Orleans, and like he's talking to like jazz musicians and weird voodoo people, and then the movie goes completely off the rails. You get to see fucking Mickey Rourke balls deep and Lisa Bonet for like what feels <laughs> like two minutes while they pour fucking fake blood all over him. Yes. Like, so I say all of that, but also this movie like is kind of really, really good and well shot, and probably should have been like a ten episode TV show. Let me like, see if this is on the list. It is. Spoilers. It is. I have circled that movie like three or four times. <laughs> Chris, I I think you will have a very good time with this because it's like a real ass movie, but also like the stupid parts are so painfully fucking stupid that like. You can like be like, all right, that was really funny. Now back to the good part. Like, it it, it was it struck a really good balance. Like this movie's not like episode worthy or anything because it's too much of an actual movie. So this is starting but, to kind of sound like The Devil's Advocate, not just because of the obvious comparison, but also like you can sort of ignore like the really stupid parts to focus on the real movie parts. You absolutely can, but yeah. also I can't, so... <laughs> Lou Cipher. Lou Cipher is gonna stick with me. Which, by the way, Alex, Alex, a special request, <laughs> could you please read off your letterbox review, because it's one of the funniest ones I've ever read. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> this my neighbor, Al Pacino, he is pain and asshole. I play devil in movie, he play devil in movie. I get cast in heat, he get cast in heat. I make dirty grandpa, no filthy old man rolls left for him. Great success. <laughs> cipher. <laughs> Movies are so cool. This is my friend, Barry McCockiner. He's the devil. <laughs> Great. A 
A-plus movie, dickhead. Oh, shit. I love films. It's truly great. This movie has a third-act reveal that goes beyond just, uh... Hey, guys, by the way, Robert De Niro was the devil the whole time. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I, I had a moment where, like, you know, I watched the movie, and I'm like, huh, okay, you know, like, if I thought about it, I probably could have seen all this coming, but why would I want to do that? Because I'm not a fucking loser. And then, like, 12 hours later, the significance of the title hit me, and I went, oh, god damn it, I like this less now. <laughs> That's always a good sign. Yeah. You're like, why is this movie called this? Oh, oh, boom! <laughs> 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 What else we got here? Oh, uh, so so Guy Ritchie's got some new slop out in theaters. Oh, good. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, do either of you like, uh, quote-unquote Guy Ritchie movies? I thought Ooh. I did. That's a loaded question if I've ever heard one. I like Snatch, well, I, I like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and after yeah, so that, you, So like, you no. like Guy Ritchie movies, and not, like, the oh, Sherlock oh. Holmes shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Oh, because good. this is just Guy Ritchie making a Guy Ritchie movie again. Allow me to give you a scene example from this movie. Okay, so our hero, Jason Statham, is working for this armored truck company. And apparently, like, every 15 minutes, there's, like, some different gang doing an armored car robbery in L.A. I, don't worry about it. There's a lot of them. But one of them is run by Post Malone. And of course, Jason Statham just like flips into badass mode when they like get uh when they get attacked. Like shoots all of the robbers except for Post Malone, who runs away. He chases him down, shoots him a couple times in the back. He's laying on the ground. Jason Statham comes up to him with his gun out. You know, you know the the typical framing with like the camera on the ground looking up at the guy with the gun because you've seen a cool guy movie before. Yeah, <laughs> this is the dialogue from this scene. Post Malone tells Jason Statham to suck his dick in response to a question. Jason Statham says, what did you say to me? He says, so Post Malone again repeats, suck my fucking dick. Jason Statham says, suck your own dick and shoots him in the head. <laughs> All right, next week's Guy Ritchie wrote this. Up. <laughs> of course he did. Who Screenplay by, directed by, produced by Guy Ritchie. Probably edited by it has Threat. It has everything you could possibly ask from a Guy Ritchie movie. It has Andy Garcia playing himself. It has Josh Hartnett playing a character named what? Boy Sweat Dave. <laughs> they let you back in here? <laughs> oh, get him on the show. I'm already here, dude. <laughs> This movie sounds so cool. It is. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. It is. Like, he does the thing where all of the dialogue tries to sound cool and snappy, but he's old, so, like, most of it falls flat, but you don't care, because that's not really why you're there. Like, 17 different people get called a cunt. Like, you know how it goes. Um, yeah, if you like Guy Ritchie, solid recommend. If you can't stand Guy Ritchie, do not watch this movie. <laughs> This isn't going to turn us around. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that sets us shot. over the edge. <laughs> it's it, like, it, really it good. literally like the entire bag of tricks is there. Like the, the, the opening scene is like, 
shot from a camp like a stationary camera inside an armored car so you miss a lot of the perspective and it's like oh that's cool i've never seen that before and then the movie starts playing out and you go oh he did that because he's gonna show me the armored truck robbery seven different times from seven different angles because he's guy Ritchie and he can't help himself it's like yeah okay i see what you're doing i see what we're cooking with here like mercifully like a sliver under two hours so it's it's very watchable watch this one with your dads everybody like dads fucking love guy Ritchie. that's just a fact i don't know if my dad has seen a single guy Ritchie movie I oh wait like he up. saw he it, he saw the sherlock holmes movies he liked those oh uh, that's you know what not the swerve i expect <laughs> yeah but you know when you hear it it makes sense yeah it does yeah so uh saw that you know saw that and infinite within two days of each other i'm like you know what i'm on such a great streak of 2021 release movies let me go ahead and watch the misfits starring pierce brosnan and nick cannon what could possibly go wrong <laughs> now i have said many a time in my life that i will watch basically any heist movie because the formula is impossible to fuck up yeah like money and point. i come to the, and i come to this podcast hat in hand to apologize <laughs> i was wrong <laughs> this is one of the most reprehensible pieces of trash i've ever sat through in my fucking life how do you screw up a heist movie okay well Besides here's how point. you start Nick Cannon being your voiceover character throughout oh, no. the entire oh. fucking movie oh, while no. also being in it. And also his name is Ringo, and there are several Beatles jokes. That, including a cutaway to him being booed at karaoke by a bunch of British people. What the like, fuck? <laughs> oh no. This movie is just exposition, exposition, exposition. Like, five minutes that look like they're from a uh, fucking Come to Abu Dhabi travel ad, where they show, like, all of the coolest things about the city. <laughs> fucking, they're thieves. They're trying to steal gold from and I quote, the next Bin Laden. <laughs> but they don't want the gold for themselves because they're good thieves. Because you can't just you can't just say the next Osama. I I can because they do. No, that's come on. I am not making this up. That is oh my God. what they call He's him. Been reincarnated. Look out, dude. They can't please save us. Like, so what happens like, next? Okay, so we find out that our thieves are the good guys who don't want the gold for themselves. They just want to donate it to charity so the terrorists can't okay. do terrorism. Fucking so they rope in Pierce Brosnan, who's the one girl thief's dad. And, and he was, like, in prison or whatever, and they broke him out. And there's, like, all of these, like... Nick Cannon is, like, the fucking master of disguise of this movie, so it's, like, Nick Cannon talking to, like, Arabic people doing racist accents, like, repeatedly. Oh, no. oh I should like, watch it, this. It's still probably the best performance in the movie. We have, uh, the two female characters, Pierce Brosnan's daughter who hates him, and the other girl who doesn't have a dad, and they have all the scenes, like, the, the girl bonding scenes, like, wow, you're so strong and tough, wow, you must really respect your dad, oh, actually, I didn't know my dad, da 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 da, -da. you know, all building to the climax where the two girls beat up a bunch of security guards, and then one of them yells, men suck, um. Maybe your dad won't like this one, I'm sorry. Pierce Brosnan is an angel. I, dude, <laughs> <Heart>. <laughs> literally, fucking, I, like, like, 
the girl is like tied to a chair like it hits somebody with the back of the chair he goes flying through a window and she looks in the camera and goes fucking men like it's <laughs> unreal that sucks so bad they Dude. do the thing they do the thing where like they they you know they spell out their plan for you and then they start doing the plan and within three minutes they get caught and then well, they nick do that cannon, in Saw. and then nick cannon does like the record scratch voiceover it's like well actually we want to get caught because this was our real plan it's like why did you oh just show God. me the first hour of this movie like <laughs> honestly like alex i, I, was, I just want to say this movie sounds like it sucks it is yeah. unbelievably <laughs> bad. Like, I gave it one star and thought about changing it to a half star afterwards, which I reserve for only the worst things I've ever seen. Right. And, like, this is that bad. <laughs> I don't, like, like, and it's like, like, this is in theaters. Like, not a lot of them, but, like, it's playing in theaters right now. If you open the AMC app, you can buy a ticket to this right now. What's it called again? So, like, I was... I was expecting, like, a modicum of quality. Like, not a lot, because it's a fucking Pierce Brosnan heist movie that's clearly being thrown into this, like, you know, theater reopening where people don't want to release real movies. But, like, god fucking damn, dude. Like, honestly, it's like the kind of movie that I would expect to be directed by the fucking guy that did Cradle to the Grave and all that shit, you know, like, 20 years after the fact. (laughs) But it's not... (laughs) I don't even remember who the director is, to be honest. But Not off the top of my head, either. Uh, DMX. Also, this movie is not playing at the Alamo. He's also a triple threat. I can see the Cure's George. at the Alamo? Though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, also the bad guy. This is Tim Roth. <laughs> man, that dude can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough, man. That dude's a it's really a good actor, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he just keeps making the wrong decisions. Just a painful experience for all like 94 merciful minutes of it <laughs> this movie easily could have been two hours let's be real it's a heist movie they could have given us more heist planning oh, absolutely. And... but instead they just decided to have Nick Cannon tell you everything that's happening <laughs> the fucking nerve man he's hilarious uh, that's that's all I've got to say this week <laughs> Parker oh, jinkies <laughs> Let me just tap on over here. So I didn't get to watch a lot of movies because life. But uh, we did watch Invincible on uh, Amazon Prime, the comic show. So it's very weird that Prime just keeps buying studios and buying properties and trying to get anything to stick. And the only things in the cultural zeitgeist are their two comic book shows. (laughs) Is this the one that's animated? Yes, it's actually very good. Okay. I went into it not knowing that the main character's father, named Goofy, I'm sorry, named <laughs> Omni-Man, was going to be voiced by J.K. Simmons, so that immediately got a good reaction out of me. And, uh, it's just solid. Like, it's entertaining from start to finish. It's only, like, eight episodes, so even some plot things where you're like, okay, get to this, like, it happens in, like, episode six. It's not like you're wasting 20 episodes of your life waiting to get to a point, like, it's very good. It's very entertaining. Incredibly violent. Like, more so than any of the Saw movies, probably. It's very bloody. But it's a cartoon, so like, it doesn't really matter. Right. But, oh uh, yeah, solid recommend. It's already gotten picked up for more, and uh, once I start something, I just have to commit to it for the rest of my life, so... All aboard. After that. Ooh, before I get to... 
a specific movie that I need to talk about. Uh, you know what we talk about? Context when watching movies is important. So, like, uh, I'm sure The Conjuring 3 has a wonderful plot. However, <laughs> that was what we put on after we had all of the margaritas. So uh, All of them but one. I don't know. Yeah, all but one. <laughs> hey, someone had it. Someone had a great time. I'm sure that, like, the plot's probably fucking stupid, and it's 30 minutes too long, because it's almost two hours somehow, and, like, there's inconsistencies and things that matter, but, like, a room full of drunk people watching a movie with jump scares is, is guaranteed to be a good time. So I had a wonderful experience. I will never revisit it sober. Do not care. <laughs> Don't need to know what the plot is. We'll never know what the plot is. But uh, solid recommend to watching it that way. Uh, one genuine laugh I had the entire movie, because all these fucking Conjuring movies are based on true events, which, sure. <laughs> the whole movie is improving that this guy who murdered someone was actually possessed. And it's two hours of this. The movie ends, the the power of love wins, and God is good and all that. And then the text comes up on the screen. Uh, he was convicted for the murder and served 20 years. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard. And no one else joined me, and that's oh. fine. Because they were wrong. Alex, nevertheless, he resisted. <laughs> Let me talk to you about the movie you gave me. <laughs> I'm so ready. Do you want to know the strangest thing about this movie? Yes. His performance is by far the most interesting thing about it. <laughs> the rest of the movie is just the most paint-by-numbers World War II sad boy movie you've ever seen in your life. And, like, the first 20 minutes, like, I was fucking getting geeked up. Because it's introducing him... And he's just fucking doing his thing. I can't remember his fucking name. I'm losing my mind. I don't feel like opening the tab. Marcel Marceau. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg doing his Jesse Eisenberg thing. And his dad doesn't understand that he wants to be an artist. And he just wants to go out there. He doesn't want to be a butcher like him. He just wants to be an artist. And his brother hates him. And his cousin hates him. And everyone calls him selfish. And just all he cares about is himself and his art. And then a bunch of like Jewish orphans come and he's like, Oh wow, I guess I'll die for these kids. And that just becomes his whole mission in life, just in one scene. He's suddenly now this leader who wants to protect these children. And now the plot starts to unfold, and the more the plot unfolds, the more he just stops being in the movie. <laughs> so we spend all this time watching him just Jesse Eisenberg around about being a sad boy little mime who wants to be famous. And then it's like, alright, cool, fuck off. So anyways, let's watch Dieter just torture Jewish people for like 45 minutes. Ooh, scheisse. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It just turns into like a solid hour of just. If you watch this in literally any World War II movie back to back, and then just pick like, all right, which movie had this scene? Coin flip every time. You would never be able to tell them apart. It's so generic. And then he comes on screen. And you're like, oh wow, someone giving a performance, and it's him just playing a mime but he doesn't do the fucking mime thing until the last three minutes of this two hour fucking movie you tricked me so you wanted more mime I wanted something I we wanted know what to assign memorable. you I wanted I was promised Jesse Eisenberg as a mime not 
All right, let's. We have to escape. Like, yeah, Siri, I'm find sure me mime movies. I was Siri. I mean, I was expecting at least me. one mime-related escape, like for content's sake. Like, oh, at the very end like, of the movie. Oh, hello, guards. <laughs> I'm doing you the box thing. They're hiding up in the trees, and since they have to be very quiet, he mimes out the actions of when they need to escape. Does that count? <laughs> Is that close enough? I think it does, actually. You better believe there's a framing device of Ed Harris as General Patton, just introducing him up the stage to perform his mimery. God. Hey, Parker. Ed Harris, by the way. Hey, thanks for everything. I love you. You've been a great actor forever. My man looks like Prince Philip in this movie. It's real <laughs> fucked up. We get real close. It's real tight, and it's not good. Parker, it's real sad, man. Siri says that there's a mime scene in Suburban Commando, so... If you want to see Fine. That. Like, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to have so much to talk about. Because I'm not kidding. Like, it's just straight 20 minutes of, no, Papa, you don't understand. I'm a serious actor. I'm not a clown, okay? And he's painting, <laughs> and his dad doesn't like his paintings. And he's performing at these shitty little rinky-dink cabaret clubs, and everyone in the town's making fun of him. And his dad's <laughs> trying to set him up with, like, Jewish girls. And they're like, you're just a fucking loser clown. No one cares. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, dude. I'm going to talk about this for 45 minutes. <laughs> And then it hits like, it's just like cut to 1941. Alright, so anyways, now the Nazis are here. We have to go into hiding. Like, God damn it. (laughs) He just stops being a character in a movie solely about him. It's a biopic about him where he stops mattering for like two-thirds of the movie. I don't understand the point of any of this. I don't think anyone on the planet has watched this, nor will anyone ever know about it. Except you, because of IMDb, and I'm proud of you. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, shit, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I was really excited, and then it just ends with a three-minute performance. That uh, It's him like doing his whole mime routine with the white face and all. All I could think about was that episode of Always Sunny where Max shows his daddy's gay by dancing. And so, uh, (laughs) sorry that that didn't work out for you, but it did trigger. You mentioning the sad boy did trigger recall in me because I did forget that in the Guy Ritchie film that I watched, (laughs) you know, you hear, you you can tell it's coming. You hear like the like the violin start to come. You're like, oh fuck, what song is this? I hear the train a coming. <laughs> like the fucking nerve to play sad boy Folsom Prison in this movie. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Oh, that owns. How bad do you think Zack Snyder was when he saw that? <laughs> I thought I bought all the masters to that. God damn it! He's saving that for, for for four movies down the road. <laughs> God, it was that the arc of this movie is everyone hates this dipshit moron. <laughs> and then he does like a, oh, got your nose routine to a fucking orphan. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, I must protect these kids. <laughs> and then two hours happens. And it becomes the world's most famous spy slash mime. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. All right. It's time to get reincarnated, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Infinite. Now, I've made so many jokes about only a break can wield a wand, but when this movie starts with fucking Mark Wahlberg 
And the first sentence that he says is, I, I don't remember it word for word. I want to see if I remember it. I think it goes something like, there are some people who can live forever. They're Do called the infinites. And they keep getting reincarnated. And the people who are bad are called nihilists. The people who are good are called uh, infinites. It's such an immediate day to dump that. That's the kind of thing when I turn on a movie and that's the first thing I hear, I just immediately turn it off. Like, I'm not getting invested in this. I can't do it. It's like, it's funny because, like, within the context of this movie that came out in 2021, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is bad. But also, if this were the opening to a Don the Dragon Wilson movie, I'd be like, fuck yes, dude. Fuck yes. Get yes. me in there. <laughs> this is like, a, this seems like the intro to a movie that would have Eric Roberts versus Don the Dragon Wilson. Manifest that, please. <laughs> That's oh, gotta exist, right? Come on, let me. Yeah. It has to. I mean, just statistically, with how many movies Eric Roberts has done. See, because I heard you guys talk about this movie. I'm like, oh, it's just a generic action movie. I thought this would be another ballistic uh, X versus Sever, that sort of thing. But no, now it's science fiction. Now all the infinites remember all their past lives. Okay. See, this, this narration is fun because this movie is just, hey, did you like this movie? We threw that in here. And what this reminds me the most of is Harrison Ford doing that fucking narration for Blade Runner. Where it sounds like they got Mark Wahlberg in there with a gun. They're like, yeah. read it. <laughs> the believers, huh? That's yeah. what we. Okay. Believers versus nihilists. Okay. That sucks so bad. Yeah. And his his voiceover narration seriously sounds like his performance in The Happening. It's not enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, so we start off with a car chase in Mexico City. Uh, Mecca, the best scene in the movie? Question mark. Probably. Yeah. Great cars. It reminded me of Fast and Furious. So how's that going for it? And nothing else. And uh, one guy says, "Hey, if I don't make it out of here, look inside." They, the two people who are like communicating with him are just like, what? And they get hit by a truck and they die. So he launches <laughs> off a ramp and jumps out of the car with, I believe, a samurai sword onto like a set of girders. And uh, then all of a sudden he Look wakes up as... Face. Then it just cuts and he wakes up as Mark Wahlberg. It's a rough beat. On my face <laughs> After a ten minute car chase, he just throws a sword up into a girder. <laughs> yeah. And then wakes up as Mark Wahlberg. That was a real pause, like, hang on a second. Yeah. So Mark let Wahlberg me, is just like recalibrate. Hey, you guys ever had this feeling? Like like when you wake up and then like you expect to see a different face, but you see your face and it's like it's like you're waking up as a different person all the time. It's like all these people outside. I don't know what's going on. So he goes to, he wakes up in a really shitty apartment that you'd never really see the interior of because the movie was too poor to even film that. And he goes to a job interview because, you know, in real life, <laughs> I, I have to pay bills and I have to, I have to pay my rent. Let's, Dude, let's go to a job interview, you, guys. Sorry. Can you imagine somebody calling you into a job interview just to roast you like this? Dude, <laughs> I got a lot to say about this job interview. So one hate crime I would endorse. <laughs> so this is the thing is like ordinarily when you see a movie like this with someone who's Mark Wahlberg's age, he's what, 60? He's going to be in this scene and you think he would be applying for like a white collar job or something like that? So maybe advertising something that he would fake his way through? No, he's going to be a host at a restaurant. The first thing that people are going to see when they walk in is his face. By the way, 
sad truth for people, Mark Wahlberg is not aging well, okay? He's going to end up looking like Prince Philip before everyone else does. And he's going to tell them where to sit. As soon as I walk in, I see that face. I'm walking out. I'm going somewhere else. That face has seen some damage. He's just like, no, I think I'd be really good working in your restaurant. And it's this guy who, he's reminding me of, like, that gay guy from Cruella. Uh, whatever Narrow this guy it down is. down for us. Okay. The, the Ziggy Stardust guy from Cruella. He's uh he's just doing this and he he really feels like he would be one of the gay friends on uh, Sex in the City. Don't ask me to narrow it down. I don't I don't remember their names. So he's like, "Oh, Sarah, what experience do you have in the restaurant industry?" And he's like, "Well, I've uh, worked for a couple of restaurants in the past." Oh, we did a phone check on you. I demand more. Can you explain the assault, young man? And uh, <laughs> he's talking like him from Powerpuff Girls. And <laughs> don't talk about it. <laughs> and uh, Mark Wahlberg's like, okay, I have had some troubles with mental illness in the past, but this has not impacted my ability to uh, conduct myself in professional manner. It's like you assaulted a man. You were caught fixing bread prices. And he's like, look, there was one time there's a guy grabbed a girl's ass. I said, hey, you have to leave. No charges were pressed. I can tell them where the salad bar is. What could possibly go wrong? And uh, the guy's like, thank you. We'll call someone else. Goodbye. And Mark Wahlberg's like, no, seriously, my mental ill, my mental illness history is nothing to, to be worried about. The guy says, I know, we'll keep in touch. And Mark, Mark Wahlberg grabs that guy by the lapels and says, Listen, give me the fucking job! I'll fucking kill you! I'm gonna fucking kill you, stupid piece of shit! And the guy's like, maybe we won't call you. It's like, it's such a wild scene, and you're like, wow, this is foreboding. I wonder how the rest of the movie's gonna go. No, it, turns out it has he's nothing the to do with this scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has literally nothing to do with this, because our ne literally our next scene is him Holding a sword 72 times in his shitty apartment. <laughs> oh, dang. I didn't get the job. And it's, you know, try cleaning the suit sure was expensive. Cuts it just forged in fire. I know. Making a samurai sword. Now, this is honestly just reminds me of the scene from Mandy where he starts forging the gigantic ballads. <laughs> For real. <laughs> He's just like, I'm like, what's he going to do to that guy? Because <laughs> he says it's like. Is only <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, like, this movie's only an hour 45, which initially I was like, oh, thank fucking Christ. <laughs> but, man, <laughs> you kind of feel it, because every scene is whiplash-inducing, or it's someone you've never seen before talking for 15 minutes straight. I Correct. know. <laughs> That's the thing, it's like, when he's at the interview, he says, oh, I have schizophrenia, and I'm like, is this one of those schizophrenia pride movies? It's like, no, we're taking it back, it's cool to be schizophrenic now, you know? Virtue signaling to the schizophrenic crowd. Uh, but uh, no, they just kind of have that scene in there. They like barely bring it up later. And I was like, no, 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 you're not actually schizophrenic. You're actually a wizard, and there's an owl coming for you. You can go to Hogwarts and everything. So uh, anyway, I just love the meeting. Like, all right, well, we need this movie to. We need it to move. We need it to be quick. How do we establish he thinks he's schizophrenia? All right, so there's a rude restaurant owner. <laughs> <laughs> So he's got his samurai ninja sword. I don't know which one, so I'll just use both words. It's okay. And he brings it to... Remember Alien from Spring Breakers? I mean, <laughs> what vividly. kind of question is that? <laughs> That's for the audience, not for you. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, Alien from Spring Breakers is in this, and he says, look at my sword, look at the fucking sword, keep your eyes on me, bitch, look at this fucking sword. And there's, like, a black guy over here who's just like, hey, what's the capital of Burkina Faso? And <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is just like, actually, <laughs> it's pronounced <laughs> Burkina <fucking> Faso. <laughs> Okay, he has perfect recall of Wikipedia. You're right, he does have mental illness. You've convinced me, Lou. Thank yeah. you. Actually, it's pronounced at Lucy Fur. <laughs> nice try, idiot. <laughs> yeah, my brothers call him the devil. <laughs> anyway, it's just like, yeah, can I have my schizophrenia pills? I just, I really want my schizophrenia pills. Are you careful with that sword? Anyway. It's just like... The the fact that this fucking like gangster dude like tries to tries to stiff him on the pills. This is a great deal. Like these are like some fucking over the counter pills for a samurai sword. Like sign me up for that deal. I'll go knock over a pharmacy right now. I don't yeah. care. Like this movie has a lot of comparisons to the Matrix for obvious reasons. Imagine if we learned like, okay, so this is Neo. He works in an office. Uh, he got fired from the office. All right, he can't afford his medicine, so he goes and forges a sword and trades it to a drug dealer for antipsychotics. Oh, I might actually and like the Matrix. Up. <laughs> Man, sorry. Anyway, that's fine. fine. Yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Anyway, so he takes the samurai sword and kills everyone in the apartment. <laughs> and then he le- he is our hero, by the way. Uh, he's the good guy. And he leaves and uh, he gets arrested. I don't remember the chasing. He gets arrested and they're just like, hey, it's illegal use of a samurai sword. So he sits in the <laughs> sits in the interrogation room. And some guy comes in in like, a nice suit. It's just, it starts holding a gun to his head. It says, remember your past. And the guy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Remember. And then he has like... His head starts doing, like, the camera thing where it goes like this. And he remembers once upon a time he was, like, in Apocalypto or something. And the guy says, finally, you remember this is like, my old friend. Don't you love having a scene in a movie that, like, is clearly only in the movie because somebody thought it sounded cool? Like, when, when he takes all of, like, the different keepsakes out of the bag and puts a fucking bullet in front of each one of them for literally no reason, like, those bullets have no significance to what's about to happen other than the fact that he's about to, like, Russian roulette this doofus with his fucking six-shooter. Like, it's just like, ah, here's a bullet for this, here's a bullet for this, don't worry about those, you're never gonna see them again, but it looks cool, doesn't it? Yeah, meanwhile, we have... The dinosaur auctioneer from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is sitting in a library somewhere and he says, Ah, the legacy, the prophecy will be fulfilled. There was a man with a samurai sword. And he forged it himself. (laughs) Nothing I hate hearing more in a movie than the prophecy will be fulfilled. That's an immediate (laughs) shut off, watch anything else. And and the woman he's communicating with is just like, this could just be any random guy with a samurai sword. He says, ah, but it was folded 72 times, like in the Edo period. signature. (laughs) (laughs) This guy has no recollection of his past life except how to make cool swords for hundreds of years. Remember your past, and he just sees himself in a backyard going, just hanging out, and then running at someone with a samurai sword. (laughs) But officer, this is a wrongful arrest. I was within 23 feet. I had my rights. 
Dude, you you want him to remember his past? It's just him wearing like the fake boobs from the new guy. <laughs> Future episode. So anyway, he's. If I know what the audience is thinking right now, a why am I still listening to this? B, wow, this movie sounds really coherent. What happens next? Well, that one guy who came in and said, "You're my old friend." Well, he they get like some car crashes into the interrogation scene. And a woman says, come with me if you want to live. And he gets into the car because he'd like to live. This is like Saw. And they run away from the other guy. <laughs> and they're shooting at each other, but the guy has a bulletproof vehicle, so I don't know why they're shooting. And as she's driving away, she's like, take the wheel. And she presses a button. There's a retractable like, steering wheel that goes over to his side. And <laughs> Hawk laughed at that. It was embarrassing. And Mark Wahlberg says, Oh, yeah, retractable steering wheel. That's fine. That makes sense. That's normal. So, Alex, one of the things you've actually said on this podcast a lot is, like, you're sick and tired of quips. What if you're just sick and tired of, like, Wiccan girl, like, sarcastic remarks? Like, oh, I'm snarky. Yeah, this is normal. Shut the fuck up, Mark. We're trying to drive. It... Well, actually, he was one of the ginger snaps in a previous. Yeah, <laughs> he was the he was the goth girl from uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Dude, like, <laughs> man, speaking of Blair Witch Two, you want to know who the bad guy was in that Guy Ritchie movie? Whom? Is it our friend the Burn Notice guy? Whoa, seriously? <laughs> How did you? Okay, next never episode. mind. We're I just keep remembering, dude. It's a fucking Guy Ritchie movie. You just keep remembering things. It's like it's like, oh yeah, that's right. And then the burn notice guy has to fight Scott Eastwood. Dude, Don't worry you, about it. If you had led with that, what? then I would have okay. just like texted okay. it to my dad. My dad fucking loves burn notice. <laughs> dad just felt it. Yeah, he, he just went. Well, that's weird. He got a text from. Oh, I can't repeat that. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> anyway, they escape to some sort of hangar where there's a plane and she tells him all about his destiny. He's actually the reincarnation of some sort of Highlander soul that's been passed down throughout the ages and he just doesn't remember because he's got a metal plate in his head, I guess. I yeah, know. this is where we find out about Chekhov's metal plate. Yeah, just, the just metal file plate. file that away for later yeah. in this entire mess of incomprehensible exposition. Just, yeah, he's got a metal plate. Remember that. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so that, that seems... <laughs> In the movie. There's so much gratuitous slow motion. Yeah, there's, yeah. It's, it's Snyder-esque, but doesn't look interesting Yeah, like, you have it to just, admit, like, this makes Snyder's like slow motion look good. It's like they just found a bunch of, like, digital film reels that, like, from 2005 went, Oh, hey, hey, did you, did you guys notice this drawer the whole time? Do you have a movie to put this yeah, in? Yeah, let's just do this. So... He, she's like, yeah, this is your destiny, and you just don't remember it. But there are there are bad guys out there. They're nihilists, and he's just like, look, I just want to pay my bills. I just want to pay my rent. I want to get a job as a as a mater d. And she says, if you want to get answers, you can go on the plane. Which I'm pretty sure Jigsaw said at one point. So, anyway, she, she asks like, why can't you remember? He's like, I have schizophrenia. That means. Different people, one head. And I'm like, actually, that's a different one of those. So uh, <laughs> I want to rewrite that one. <laughs> then we have a waterboarding scene in a church. It says here, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it says here, Brandon Marshall in my notes. That's weird. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I've been tipped on this whole time. Anyone can make that. Yeah. In a past life, I slipped on a McDonald's pack. So while in their secret base, while in their fortress of solitude, uh, he comes across wheelchair Edna Mode, 
And what the fuck is this? Yeah, she's I don't know what she's doing, man. She's just there secretly. She's the uh Professor X of the group. That's from X-Men, Parker. And uh she's wheel oh, okay. she's wheelchairing about and uh she's like, "Look at our dojo." And there's this Asian chick with like a tumbler haircut. And as soon as Mark Wahlberg walks into the room, everyone bows to him, and he's like, "Why are they bowing to me?" And Says the woman here with my him, notes, switch and APOC. Moving on. Yes. And <laughs> Thank you. the woman next to him is just like, "They're hoping you're their sensei." Man, that would be sick, though. Can you imagine like that happening in your real life? Just be like, yeah, okay. So anyway, this is how to be a fucking idiot. Yeah, so there's a big bad. This is very ableist and fucked up, but, like, if you knew you'd be reincarnated every time you die, as soon as you're in the wheelchair, you're just like, I guess I'll see you all in, like, 17 years. (laughs) That's the thing, is, like, the bad guy actually addresses that. I think that was the context of one scene. At one point, the bad guy comes up, and he's just like, Oh, you're still milling about in that old broken body. And she's like, actually, you're the cripple. So, got him. Um, I'm not quite sure <laughs> what she was going with with that comment. I mean, she can't go upstairs. He's waterboarding himself. I think he has the upper hand. Yeah. Can you imagine just, like, you know, being immortal buds? You know, just hanging out. Just, uh, and then you get, like, I don't know, you get, like, an ugly dude or something. And you just get roasted for, like, 300 years over that time you were <laughs> ugly. Like... <laughs> It's like fuck this. Oh, like, be... Baby shoes again. <laughs> That's not funny, guys. Can you imagine if you got reincarnated as C three PO? Just fucking put my head on that battle droid and send me off to die, man. <laughs> fuck that. It were a time in the fifteen hundreds where you had those little baby teeth. <laughs> baby teeth. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. This is like this thought process was like my what was going on in my brain during the entire second act. It's just like. Yeah, but what if they like made fun of this guy for something he did during the Crusades? Remember that time you ate too many beans at the Alamo and you shit your pants? You remember that? Uh, it remember, even remember you got that reincarnated? It was like fourteen hundred years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Anyway, there is a bad guy. His name is Bathhouse, and Bathhouse is described as the apex predator in our world. He never does the roar, so... He does nothing. Yeah, I know. The bath... Wait on you. So I'm pretty sure this actually happens during the movie. And I, I wrote this down, so if I'm wrong, I don't know, correct me, but... Bathhouse, the big bad guy, is too good at reincarnating. So he invented a device called the egg, which can destroy all life around it, so he won't be reincarnated as, like, a seagull did, or something like that. Did he invent the egg? Like, yes. I couldn't figure out the origins of the egg. He and invented I, the a, egg. It was his creation. Okay. So so then Mark Wahlberg stole the egg from him somehow, instead of the guy just immediately blowing up it's, all life? Like, dude, you know, it's, it's anyone would the do ring. if they invented the egg? It's, it's just the Fellowship of the Ring. They're just doing that, so... Uh, Look... In this scene where he's just like, by the way, so I created this egg that will eliminate all life on Earth. He might as well just look at the camera and go, hey, you guys out there, you buying this? Is that, is that good enough? Because as soon as they mentioned that, I was yet? like, oh, come on. <laughs> I can't imagine. Hey, I wonder if this movie will end with all life on Earth being eliminated. Exactly. It's like, hey, what if Thanos snapped with both hands? Man, better movie. 
<laughs> We're trying to set up a franchise. Alright, so we made the stakes literally as high as humanly possible in the first movie. Okay. Great. So they're like so Mark Wahlberg's like, well what if I'm not Heinrich What's his last name? Dieter. No. <laughs> what if I'm not Heinrich? I'm gonna say Heinrich. What if my name is not Heinrich? And uh, they're just like, well, what if it is? He's like, good point. So they decide that they'll make him go through all this fucking training and shit. Uh, get his ass kicked by the girl with the Tumblr haircut. Get his ass kicked by the guy who looks like Kratos from God of War. And fall asleep in this, like, uh. tube. And, like, get these, like, neurons connected and everything like that. And it's like, ah, you will remember your past. And throughout all of this, Mark Wahlberg is just delivering these sarcastic little asides. Makes him sound like Wheeler from Captain Planet. And Parker, you brought up a really good point where there's a scene where he's hanging from the ceiling doing like upside down setups, and Parker's like, "Oh, they are filming this one from far away for a reason." They're not even in the same fucking building. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking with binoculars. You don't even see a shadow on his face. That's that's a different person entirely. But good try. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, this. But, like, at the same time, like, you have Mark Wahlberg walk into a room who's been studying the blade his whole life, and there's just an Asian woman hitting people with a stick and talking about, they have hundreds of years of training, and I'm just nodding like, I'd watch five of these, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch one of these every year for the next decade. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. I want a sequel tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, an important thing in film criticism is to judge the movie as it is, not what you wish it was. And that is impossible with this movie. <laughs> this movie has the coolest premise on earth. And instead, it's this. <laughs> the fucking Any nerd. other, like, if this movie had a tenth of the budget and starred Scott Atkins, it'd be the best movie of the Correct. year. Correct. It would be Dude. so good. If he just made 20 movies like, I've been reincarnated again, and now I know even more karate. <laughs> it'd be incredible. Starring, it'd be so fucking Dude, starring Iko Uwe says Bathhouse? Dude. I'm in. I mean, yeah, dude, you could literally cast me as the bad guy, and it would still be the best movie ever. Exactly. Okay, so his female compatriot, who I don't even think they have like a roommate, who probably has a name, but I'll be god. They don't even kiss, do they? She They're just like, no, nah, we're not gonna. We don't need to. No, because she she's like three scenes. No, because she's in love with the guy whose soul gets sucked into the the magic bullet. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, see, so anyway, easy yeah. to forget, you know, the the huge subplot about stealing people's souls and putting them into a computer, which is also in this movie, for fuck knows why, because they're trying to destroy life. I was looking at a thing. Uh, I can you... trap their souls that way, they can't get reincarnated. Or you can just fucking go Sh back in yourself. time and kill them on the, sitting on the crapper, man. Like, they're not going to be able to do anything <laughs> to you for at least 18 years. Like, come on. I don't know. I'm tired of being reincarnated. Also, I have this gun that stops you from being reincarnated. Alright, mass extinction it is, baby. Let's so, go. So, what he does is, what she tells him that memories are actually located in every organ, in every cell of our body. Can you imagine what sort of memories are located in your balls? Dude, can you imagine, like, getting a blood transfusion and just turning into Mark Wahlberg in this movie? Oh, that... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but... Uh... Feel like a little bit of Korean food tonight, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Fucking seven hundred year old blood that lets me make magic swords. <laughs> hey guys, I can't record this week. I just something I gotta do, you know. Well, 
I gotta get out back and start folding steel. All these characters are so likable. But you know who's really likable? You guys ever see The League? You guys remember Raffi from oh, The League? It, He's God. in our movie. The absolute oh. fucking nerve to be like, oh, we're going to go see The Artisan. Like, sick, man. I've seen The Matrix. I know. The dude in the room with all the TVs, right? And then it's just fucking hedonist Rafi in his sex club. <laughs> like, are you <laughs> fucking joking me? They seriously decided the to go part with... Is he's one the... of He's one of two people giving a performance in this movie so you just kind of have to roll with it because what else do you have in any other movie i would hate this character more than everything else in the movie combined and in this it's like can we put it back on screen at least he's doing something <laughs> oh, good news they listened to you <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish they didn't yeah the guy refuses to leave <laughs> This is the worst casting for an action movie I've ever seen. He's 50-year-old Mark Wahlberg and Rafi. Well, uh... That's your Morpheus. <laughs> buddy, Thanks, buddy, you know who it was written for, right? I sure do. <laughs> who was it written I for? to die. It was written for Chris Evans, who dropped oh, yeah. out to do an Apple Plus show. <laughs> Man, look, if Chris Evans is in this, we already have the sequel. Uh... And it's incredible. <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, no, instead we, we have... Instead, we got a... Fucking the Greek ver... How was that their second choice? <laughs> oh, Chris can't make it? Alright, cool. Get Mark. Up Wahlberg. <laughs> Known for his hand-to-hand combat and swordplay. And voiceover narration. So, yeah, turns out that <laughs> the Greek version of Ken Jong is still in this movie. And <laughs> refuses to leave. I'm not sure who that's meaner to. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is... At one point, he actually says something that's like, I don't appreciate you, uh... The, what is the, the gender... Saying my gender or something like that? Gender normativity, I think he says at one point. Which, really... And then Mark Wahlberg calls him a he again in the next line, and it's never mentioned. Yeah, well, hang on. I, he's like, oh, he said, I resent the gender labeling, which has a very, very strong, easy-peasy, Japanese-y energy. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's the same thing so if you guys remember Skyfall oh, man. Uh, the bad guys are just chilling out in that final mansion from Skyfall and one of them is eating some porridge with a spoon grommet and he holds up his spoon and he's looking at his reflection because people do that, I guess. And he looks at his reflection and in the reflection of the spoon, he sees a sniper's bullet and dodges out of the way just in time. <laughs> and you guys didn't like this? That's how reincarnation works. We haven't even talked about his fucking gun. Oh, Which yeah. is one of the funniest looking things I've that ever seen. That is like seen. the vainiest like gun. It's seen a fucking... It's what you see in a TikTok about, like, old British duels in the hood. <laughs> shit. Like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It shoots magic bullets. Like, fucking Suicide Squad. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, it's like one of those, like, magic bullets that has, like, grooves on it and shit. And, like, spikes so it'll hurt extra <laughs> when it pierces your skull. And the camera does this thing where it, like, zooms in on the bullet, you know? It's just like, hey, take a look at this. And it blows up the car and everyone's souls. Like, 
Like, it's bad enough that they just rip off the Matrix, and then they just do bullet time in 2021. We get close-ups of the bullet leaving the chamber and flying at someone. Oh, this is the scene where he pulls on his cool-ass Spy Kids drone (laughs) for some reason. Fucking nerve, man. Oh, yeah. This movie is something else, man. They look like fucking Metroid enemies. Anyway, so... My good friend, personal film associate, Mark Wahlberg, rides away from the scene of the crime on a motorcycle. He's going pretty fast. You're just like, oh, I bet he's having a good time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's approaching this cliff, and I'm just like, he's not slowing down. What the fuck? He jumps off the cliff onto the wing of the bad guy's plane, and I yelled out loud, (laughs) yes! (laughs) It looks horrendous. (laughs) Why even... Why even write this into the movie if this is what it's going to look like? Because God has mercy. I laughed so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, absolutely. He starts driving on that that cliff, and you see the plane, and we both start leaning forward like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Please don't. So he, he, by this point, he remembers who he is because he went in one of those sensory deprivation tubes or something like that and remembered that he had a million past lives. One time he was a Dread Pirate Roberts or something, I don't know. And he uses his samurai sword on the plane to get inside. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and he reacquires the egg. I cannot stop fucking calling it the egg. <laughs> the giant... I have many questions. First of all, why does the egg have to go in this giant machine that has a button that's just like an angry screaming face? Which, by the way, why doesn't he just powerful Hellraiser energy right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Solve my puzzle egg <laughs> like, for pure pleasure. Why Why is the egg in a plane? Just activate it. You got what you wanted. He did the thing. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why are we on a plane? So, Bathhouse made the egg, right? Why did he also make the device that could, like, neutralize oh. the egg? <laughs> Well, clearly, it must have been a different bathhouse who forgot about the first one. <laughs> That's a possibility. Or maybe he was just like, he's, he's decked, a boy genius. You must have a way to, like, neutralize the stupid thing that I made. Dude, I... None of this movie makes a lick of fucking sense. And it tries so hard to tell you why it makes sense. And none of it falls. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of exposition, which is mostly just you don't remember who you are. He's just like, yeah, I know I'm... I'm trying. She's like, in my previous life, I was also pretty. So, thanks. Uh, anyway. Oh, yes. You see all these pictures? These are my previous lives. Like, I yeah, got I, it. I, picked up I on understood that. that movie. So, Mark Wahlberg and the bad guy are falling through the stratosphere, fighting with samurai swords. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when he's like, Mark Wahlberg has a sword, which, by the way, did not expect that sword to be his primary weapon the entire right? movie. That kind of laughed yeah. out of me. When he's fighting the bad guy with the gun, and the little bitty blade comes out of the end of the gun, that's a fucking Austin Powers gag. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, absolutely. That so <laughs> little bitty blade. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, he's able to put the egg in the box. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for <laughs> saying that. the giant angry face button, and it starts the countdown <laughs> of <laughs> extinction of all life. <laughs> hey, uh, how does that thing exist? Don't worry about it. <sighs> don't even worry about it. <laughs> Correct. Like, 
like, I understand this isn't a movie where you ask all these questions, but you can't just be like, alright, so I created an egg that will... You see it, like, it's just every bird, every human, every animal just turns to fucking dust, because, spoilers, they also watched Avengers. Yeah. And at no point do they explain, like, is it, is it magic? Like, what is this? Because you were talking about a movie with no consistency. Like, everyone just used guns, and then someone will just have a magic bulletproof car that you hit a button and the steering wheel changes. But then other people also just use knives and handguns. But then he has magic bullets that take souls. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. He learned that in the 1500s. Or something. Hey, guys, ever play Assassin's Creed? Yeah, we did too. I can I can hand wave so much of this, but the soul stealing gun in a movie whose plot is about a thing that's gonna destroy all life forever just is such a fucking whiff, man. Which is by the way, like, this just, movie is sorry, just stick with the gun. You need one of those. Yeah. Just stick with the gun. That's yeah. that's the movie. You don't need the fucking egg. Just be like, yeah, he's got. He made this gun, and it's killing all of us forever unless we can free him. Like, cool. There's your movie. That's enough. I, you I do wanna, your stupid, stupid ass fucking the... wild, wild west repeating rifles. Like, it's fine. It works. Whatever. Or we could have a ten minute skydiving scene where they just keep kicking. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about this gun, which Point is about this big, and again, it's veiny as shit. And every single time he kills someone with this, you can hear the person who got shot go, Ah! <laughs> it's really funny. Because, <laughs> like, the first time he uses it, a car just explodes from one bullet. You're like, oh, I want to see more of and this. Yet it's... Now when I know it steals <laughs> souls. Oh! Oh! I guess what they're trying to do is, like, they steal the souls of the people who get reincarnated so they won't interfere with his plans to kill all life. No, that actually doesn't make sense. Okay, so... Why does he have people on his side? Hey, do you want to just not ever exist? No. <laughs> you can game for us. I'd like... I just assumed that, like, all of his go- all of his goons were just, like, normal people that, like, didn't reincarnate. But also, that doesn't make sense either. So No, I think... No, they're funnier. the nihilists. They're the bad guys. <laughs> like... Jason Manzoukas is the last person I want to see in a movie like this, but also, I'd like a good 30 minutes of like, we've been alive for like a thousand years, so we just fuck constantly. It gets weird. Just literal hedonism bots from Futurama just pouring chocolate on each yeah, other. Yeah, there's, there's just a scene where Jason Manzoukas is just playing guitar while doing morphine, so. Because <laughs> you have to imagine, like, they just can't get hard anymore. The things they've had to reduce themselves right. to. They went through solo like 300 years ago. Nothing happened. You know, if they have problems getting hard, they should really go into Blue Gym. Now, we on this podcast would never get into sex. However, we're being into sexual culture. Folks, Blue Chew has sponsored us. This is like a little like ad read audition that we're going to send them. <laughs> That's good. You're Thank you. Great. I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, so we go to Jakarta. Yeah, Same my brothers my call it gum. <laughs> So we go to Jakarta. <laughs> God damn it. Like, the sequel tease is like, well, if the movie started here, this would have been really cool. If the movie just started with an Indonesian kid who's good at martial arts, finding out he's like this master swordsman. 
It's a way better movie. I don't know. I don't know because like the way they would have done it is like, hey, well, uh, little Indonesian boy's name. You know, in a previous life, you were even greater. You were Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Dude, I would <laughs> immediate seppuku. Like, not nah, put me back in. <laughs> you got the wrong guy. Sorry. Uh, oh, you finally come of age. In your past life, you had a best friend that was a talking bear. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what would happen if I, if, like, I had the reins to this movie. It would just be a bunch of scenes from other Mark Wahlberg movies. Oh, right. Yes. There you go. The whole Mark Wahlberg canon. Yeah. These were the other things. We, said, we just said Talking Bear, and I was just, like, imagining Mark Wahlberg going, oh, Boo Boo, we gotta get that picnic basket. Come on. Like, he fucking, they throw him into that, like, drowning chamber, and all he can see in his head is the, the fucking Good Vibrations music video. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of when we go to Jakarta is just like him doing this training, and then off in the background, Ben Affleck's dad just beating the dog shit out of him, being a pussy. It's good. I, I like the idea of like Jason Manson just walking past those. Hey, when kid starts to ask about who his secret identity is, have him call me. I'd be like just ripping it up in front of him. <laughs> hey, uh, we need to talk. You keep giving teenage boys your phone number, and it's not cool. You're just going into international waters and be like, yeah, I have money, you know. Call me. <laughs> Sick. Oh, well. Just, how did he get there with that? It's, look, if someone approached my son and went, oh, finally, and handed them a sword, I would have several questions. First of all, where's mine? Nah, I would I would go with it. Exactly. Be like, son, you know you can't have that until you're 18, right? <laughs> I'll just hold on to it for you. It's fine. Also, when you get to 18, you have to duel me for it. <laughs> This movie sucks ass. I want ten more of them. <laughs> I would watch and all of them. <laughs> so and it's the perfect concept because, like, you just bring in a new star because he gets reincarnated. You just bring in a new star, new director. You immediately just, bam, you could just do this over and over It's like again. one of the few Let's movies go. ever where I'm willing to watch prequels. Absolutely. Oh, oh my God. Throw me in. Can you imagine? Uh, this one didn't make any money. Cool. This is in 2743. Great. Dude, I'm we're in, absolutely in getting an anime prequel to this. Holy shit. Yes. Infinite Six, set during the French Revolution, directed by Roland Emmerich. Yes. Who's not there? Oh my God. <laughs> the, the, if his view of the French Revolution would go the same way that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did, where they just rewrite history to what the director wishes just, would happen. I'm just imagining Mark Wahlberg as Robespierre trying to explain the guillotine to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tea, sis.